happy Tuesday, everyone. Uh, Just a disclaimer for this episode, I have been super stuffy lately, so hopefully I don't sound like too much of a mouth breather, and if I do, just shut off the episode and forgive me. But I really want to share something that God has been putting on my heart this week that has changed the way that I approach each day, and I pray it would strengthen your daily outlook as well. For those of you who are new to mom material, this is your host, Brandi Williamson. I'm a believer, wife, mother, and birth and postpartum performance coach. This podcast is all about equipping mothers with actionable sport and performance psychology techniques and inspirational advice with a faith-based perspective to help you excel in your journey of motherhood, all while deepening your faith in Jesus. This week, eight months ago, my husband and I welcomed our firstborn into the world. Childbirth is such a physically transformative and deeply spiritual experience that has paradoxically taught me how pain and suffering can actually produce the greatest joy and beauty in the form of the newest soul brought from my womb and into the world. I knew our son would grow someday in the future and with it age But in the midst of everyday routine, somehow it seemed like this reality was so far in the distance, it became a potentiality that soon escaped my immediate awareness. Remaining hidden until the time passed by, coming to me like the sound of a snapping of fingers or clapping of hands, I suddenly woke up to the metamorphosis that had taken place. My son now had these newly developed motor skills, a heightened cognition, and an increased independence from me. Today's conversation is about the limited number of days we have on this earth. With each passing day, we grow older. Some years, it's more obvious and apparent than others. And with aging comes the closeness of death. Welcome back to Mom Material. The more I have, the greater attachment and fondness I found myself having in those things or relationships. When I got married, I felt the weight of losing my husband, how I'd never be the same, how awful and unimaginable that would be. Now having a child, I feel as if my heart was just ripped out of my body and is walking. I mean, I guess he's more crawling, but he's walking or crawling around the world and you just watch it it's a profoundly vulnerable feeling to simultaneously be in charge of another individual's physical spiritual intellectual and emotional development all while keeping them safe but also know you're actually not in control i can't bear the thought of something bad happening to him god forbid him ever dying However, the passing of mile markers, birthday celebrations, and going to the funerals of my dear friends who have lost loved ones, fathers, mothers, and children remind me how short our time here is. The momentary anguish it brings me to think about loss 
makes me wish to avoid contemplating it entirely. But the more I read from the word of God, spending time with him in prayer and reading the devotions of our older brothers and sisters in Christ throughout time, I'm discovering the encouragement and considering the short number of our days on earth. Psalm 39, from the man after God's own heart, King David, he writes in verses 4 through 7, Show me, Lord, my life's end and the number of my days. Let me know how fleeting my life is. You have made my days a mere handbreadth. The span of my years is nothing before you. Everyone is but a breath, even those who seem secure. Truly, everyone goes around like a mere phantom. In vain they rush about, heaping up wealth without knowing whose it will finally be. But now, Lord, what do I look for? My hope is in you. I find it interesting. David isn't crying out to see the beginning of his days, but the end of them. There's such a brokenness of spirit that wraps this prayer to God so tightly that can only be explained by going to the chapter before to see his acknowledgement of his own sin leads him to plea like this for forgiveness and ultimately that God would not leave him but be near. Although our lives are fragile, described as a couple of inches long or a singular breath, David's hope and our hope is in the Lord. Because of our Heavenly Father's love, He sent His only Son to die on the cross while we were still His enemies, still far from Him. Christ Jesus gave Himself up to die on the cross to pay the ransom for our sins, mine and yours, that made us deserving of death, but instead His death and resurrection three days later allows us the chance to eternally be near to God. Romans 10 9 says, if you declare with your mouth Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Saved from what? Saved from having your life end in a hopeless eternity, separate from love in its purest form, the familial and holy trinity of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. An earthly birth once for all of us and some of us choose to follow the way of Christ and we will be born again spiritually. We are marked with the spirit of God dwelling within us and with it we become children and heirs of the kingdom of our God and Father now and after death. Romans 8 18 through 30 says this way better than I could ever attempt to try to explain what Paul is saying. He writes in verse 18, I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory that will be revealed in us. For the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subjected to frustration, not by its own choice, but by the will of the one who subjected it, in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and the glory of the children of God. We know that the whole creation has been groaning as in the pains of childbirth right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves who have the first fruits of the Spirit groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoption to sonship or daughtership 
the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved, but hope that is seen is no hope at all. Who hopes for what they already have? But if we hope for what we do not yet have, we wait for it patiently. In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And he who searches our hearts knows the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for God's people in accordance with the will of God. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, that he might be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters, and those he predestined, he called. Those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Though we experience sufferings, death of loved ones, and the brutality that comes from living in a fallen world, we can have a hope that surpasses it all by reminding ourselves of our future expectation of being in the presence of God and also amongst our fellow sisters and brothers that, like us, have been adopted into the family of God. How awesome the expectation of our future family reunion and what that would be like. Paul goes on to say in Romans 8, 38 through 39, No, in all of these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. And in Revelation 21, 1-8, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, and he will dwell with them. They will be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain, for the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, write this down. For these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, that's John, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty, I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. How I hope for the day I get to experience these verses. Not the last ones, but the, the earlier ones. That though we see the decay of our bodies the corruption of sin around us and the loss of our children or spouses or 
parents or siblings or dear friends, we can all hope for the day in which our tears will be wiped away and the all-consuming light and love of God will pass away these temporary pains. If mom material is adding value to your life in any way, please follow the show. It helps boost our transparency on listening platforms so other people can find us easier and share in a similar experience. So why count our days? Well, in remembrance of our future hope to remain steadfast in any current sufferings you may be facing and for the opportunity to reach the lost. In my women's small group, we were were actually going over Revelation, which I kind of honestly think is a little bit overwhelming at first, but by the grace of God and just his spirit, we are learning so much and deepening our faith in that time together. I saw in our study how Jesus reveals to John what will take place during the end times before its return, starting off with warnings to the seven churches. It's a wake-up call to the people who say they follow him, but are compromising in some way. John goes on in chapter 12, verse 11, to unveil how true believers in the church will overcome Satan. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony, that they did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. How merciful and gracious is our God that he leaves the ninety-nine for the one lost sheep. His children suffer and die even as martyrs so that one more person might be saved through the sharing of the gift of salvation and the story of what Jesus has done in their lives, even to the point of dying for it. As believers, we have the seal of the Holy Spirit on our lives that allows us to delight in the will of God so much that we too would not fear dying because we know where our hope is and out of that hope that we would gain another brother and sister in Christ whom he also wants to bring into the family. It makes me think of John 14, 1-4. Jesus is speaking to his disciples and says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Christy McLelland helped deepen my understanding of this passage in one of her Bible studies. She mentions this ancient Jewish betrothal process. Historically, a boy would live with his parents, and when he became of age, when he turned into a man, he would set out to find a wife. Once he found a woman to marry, they became betrothed, similarly to how we think of an engagement. And the soon-to-be groom would go back to his father's house and prepare on that house a room for his beloved. His father would tell him when the room would be complete and actually when to go get his bride and bring her back home to live with her groom in the room that he made within the father's house. Considering the number of our short days here on earth allows more time to share the truth of Jesus to the lost. Jesus is preparing rooms for us and is excited to be with us again like that of a groom waiting to embrace his bride. 
while we wait upon his arrival. Let the reminder of our short lives on earth help us display the love and goodness of Jesus to those close to us and even those that are different or far from us, that they may also share in the nearness of God and not experience the second death. Let me leave you with a story I heard from Harris Creek Baptist Church in McGregor, Texas that put the limitedness of life in view for me. Moses described as a man who was like a friend speaking with God face to face. Praise in Psalm 90 verses 10 through 12. Our days may come to 70 years or 80 if our strength endures. Yet the best of them are but trouble and sorrow. For they quickly pass and we fly away. If only we knew the power of your anger. Your wrath is as great as the fear that is your due. Teach us to number our days that we may gain a heart of wisdom. The pastor of Harris Creek starts talking about this guy he knows and he's explaining how this man doesn't eat sweets all year except for one day. This man he's talking about has a jar of M&Ms, like one that you would see through because it's clear, so you can see all the candy in it. It's filled with a number of M&Ms that matches the average lifespan of an adult male in the United States. According to the National Center for Health and Statistics, that's 73.5 years for men, 79.3 for women, and the average of both sexes is 76.4 years of life expectancy. He takes one M&M out every year and eats it reflecting on the goodness of God and serving as a visual reminder of the brevity of life. Whether it's watching your children grow up, the heartbreak of loss, or everyday struggles of life, I pray we could act in a way that is intentional with the people around us, remain hopeful for the promises to come, and strengthen our affection and reflection of Jesus each day we get. Thanks for listening.